Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, it's a Monday, so you know that that means that we want to know your heroes and your villains from the weekend in sport. They don't just have to be footy. They can be from wherever you'd like them to come from. Let's get stuck into that. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Hope you've had a cracking day or as good a day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in. Great to have you on board with the Sporting Capital. Please give me a bell at any stage. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 on the Harcourts Open line. Heroes and villains we do every Monday night. Who are the heroes from the weekend of sport? Who were the villains? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So we can text through zero four double three. 98 uh, 11 16. The temper text temper a mattress like no other. Um, the AFL Coaches Association votes are in. We eagerly anticipate the rising star nomination that's come in. So there is plenty to get through. Uh, 1300 736 736. Uh, Lindsay, we had a bit of phone trouble with uh, when we were talking uh, on the Maccas run a little earlier. Um, when the delay builds up and I can safely take calls, uh, Lindsay, you'll be up in. Unmoment, uh, as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, some of the texts that have been coming through just from the last hour that I wasn't able to get through, 0433 uh, 98 uh, 11 16. Uh, where are we here? Uh, Michael, Sammy, uh, is Todd Marshall the best full forward going around at the moment? Told you a long time ago how good Marshall was going to be. I reckon you will uh, just hear a little bit about Todd Marshall uh, in heroes and villains, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have your say on just about anything, especially your heroes and villains. Nab Rising Star is in for round fourteen. I really like this. Ben Hobbs from the Essendon Footy Club, twenty-two disposals. He had five marks, four inside fifties, eight score involvements. It was by necessity not design that he ends up spending that time in the middle. David King's been calling out for this for weeks. If you weren't getting what you wanted to get from the combination of, of Parrish, Merritt and, and McGrath um, or whoever's been rolling through the Essendon midfield for the majority of this year in what's been a, a woeful season for them, Kingy's been calling out for a change in that space. Unfortunately, Darcy Parrish, who is having a good season, um, was out with injury. So it gave... Ben Rutten a chance to just throw it around a little in the midfield. And, geez, I love seeing Perkins go through there. 
Ben Hobbs is going to be uh, a star. And so he gets his rising star nominee. He played a brilliant game, I thought. Fantastic. He's, uh, I reckon, made of the stern stuff. Uh, and so that would be a, a highlight for the Essendon fans. Uh, so he is the round 14 NAB Rising Star nominee. Uh, oh, let's just jump in. Uh, Lindsay has been waiting patiently um, as we've had a little phone issue with him. Lindsay, hello, mate. Yeah, good day, Sam. How are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Sorry that uh, we, we couldn't hear you before when we went to you. That's okay, mate. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with the hands-free. but All good. Look, the, way, the way I look at it, mate... Um, Jordan Dugowie makes a living by chasing around a piece of inflated pigskin around a, around a paddock. And the reason he's paid a lot of money is because um, he does it with great skill and people pay money to do it. That's part of the equation. The other part of the equation is to represent your club in a, a decent manner and don't behave like a meathead. So I'm really sick of Collingwood supporters ringing up and defending him. All they're doing is enabling him. All they're doing is making it worse. And the more enablers a bloke like him gets, the worse he's going to behave. And it's just sad because, um, you know, I hate to see a, man, a young man fail. And let's not forget, one of the supporters earlier said that this is his second offence. Uh-uh, no, there's plenty before that. And let's remember the house that he trashed, mate. Do you remember that story, that poor woman come on? There? Oh, I, I don't, Lindsay, I'm not, uh, we've just got to be careful in these spaces um, when we go just into those areas about what uh, we know to be true and what we uh, only know to be rumour. So we might just stick to this, and I understand that there's been behaviours that have been, and, and the word recidivist has been thrown up a lot, that he has a, a bit of a rap sheet. I think that's probably as far as we'd need to go, would we? Yeah, that's fair enough, but, it, but it's not um, hearsay, mate. The, I saw the woman interviewed on television. Yeah, so, I, I, just in these situations, Lindsay, I've just got to be careful that we don't... Uh, so yep. I'm just tr- making sure that that's one that is actually in the public domain as opposed to one that might just be a rumour thereof. OK, well, let's let's scratch that. But look, just don't... I, I appeal to all the comment supporters, don't be enablers. He's paid to represent his club in a decent manner. He's behaving like a meathead continually. And the more you enable him, the worse he's going to do it. And let's let's hope he can correct it. Hey, Lindsay, really appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Uh, should we jump into heroes and villains? Why don't we do that? And then a hero comes along with the strength to carry on, and you cast your fears aside. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains uh, on a Monday night. Matty uh, Matt Rendell is going to join me at seven thirty. By the way, to give us his take on the games um, of round fourteen, and he'll have a hero, and he'll have a villain, I'm sure. And you can have yours. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. A couple off the text. Steve in Narry, villain. Clubs training moving jazz hands to fool the ark. This was a revelation by Nathan Jones, and I actually heard a caller who called up Sam Edmund on Friday 
and and Sam wasn't disrespectful, but it just seemed so far fetched and outrageous. Uh, the, the the caller was adamant that clubs and players were training now to move their hands when they attempt to smother to try and further distort what is already a very, very distorted image. It looks like, do you know what it looks like? It looks like with the technology that we're using, and by the way, we're using an Atari when there's a PS5 out there. We have gone, it's, you know, the episode in Seinfeld where George Costanza goes to get the envelopes for the wedding. The envelopes end up uh, killing Susan. And she says they're in order from most expensive to least expensive. And he just flips straight to the back of the binder. I feel like that's what the AFL have done. I feel like that's what the AFL have done when it comes to the review, the score review. They've just flipped to the back of the folder and said, give us the cheapest. And it looks like we're trying to protect the identity of the player. It's so blurred. It looks like that the player might be in witness protection the ball, their hand, all of those people are about to uh, turn state's witness and they cannot be identified for fear of uh, their life being put in danger. Um, so it was almost unthinkable. And we had a bit of a laugh when that caller rang up Sam Edmund to say, you know that players are, are moving their hands to try and distort the already distorted vision in the hope that they might be able to get one or two of these overturned. And we all had a bit of a laugh at that. And then Nathan Jones revealed on Friday night that, yes, indeed, that was happening. That he was, that players were training to do that. That he had been there and training to do that. So I really like that villain nomination. And it's going to pop up in mine for sure. one three hundred seven three six seven three six for your heroes and your villains. Uh, villains, the AFL for robbing Geelong of a home game in an eight-point match this week, despite Richmond having a woeful turnout all season. Uh, Richmond still have the highest average crowd. Sorry for that one. I can I take your point on um, Geelong having to play a home game at the MCG, and it is a big match for them. Um, they're inside the top four. They've got a great run home, though, Geelong, so I don't think there's any too many concerns there, but trying to maximise on a big crowd. But, yeah, as far as Richmond having a woeful turnout, they're still <laughs> the highest attended on average team uh, in the competition this year, according uh, to the crowd numbers. Uh, villain, Dugowie for sure, for behaving like a rock star and blaming the media, despite his entourage filming and posting it. Best of luck to Collingwood, Mortimer uh, at Cranbourne North. So one three hundred seven three six seven. Three six, um, Michael says hero Fina for taking a position and villain Shay Bolton. It's not the Richmond way. Well, yeah, Damien Hardwick smacked it right on the head. He said that uh, that's not the way that Richmond want to go about things. We know they've had the humble and hungry mantra for a little while. I thought it was great theatre. Um, this is this is what heroes and villains are all about. So Shay Bolton dabbled his toe in the villain pond and just to see if he he, he liked the temperature. And there's a few players that like to live in that space. Toby Green might have said to him, hey, Shay, come in here. The water is warm. I live and play in this area and I love it. But it just adds, I think, it's fascinating to see if, 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 and I'm sure that Richmond won't want him to or allow him to, but I I think we're in an entertainment industry. Um, I wonder whether Shay Bolton will look to continue on having that bit of an edge or or bit of flair about the way he goes about. I thought it was a bit of fun, the byplay between the two. Uh, they'd been going at it all game. It was a great battle, but between them, it got physical at times. They'd, they'd had altercations uh, a little earlier. And when it comes to you can't do that to Sam Doherty, I would think Sam Doherty would hate to hear that. I don't. I think that's patronising. I, I think that I don't think that he'd want to be treated any differently uh, because of what he'd been through. And it was incredible to see them um, 
incredible to see them. Um, not incredible, but it was just great to see them afterwards uh, having a bit of a laugh and a, and a chat about it. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Why aren't the AFL using the same high speed cameras being used in motorsport? Even if just the goal line cameras, they can pick up a speck of gravel at super slow mo on a bike leaning over at two hundred kilometres per hour. This is what we're talking about. I say this all the time that Jared Crouch, Jared Crouch spoke a couple of years ago on this show and said that if David Attenborough can slow down the hummingbird's wings so you can see each individual flap, then surely we can get a camera that shows clearly beyond any shadow of a doubt that a player has or has not touched a ball. If we can't do that, then we need to scrap the whole system, either pay up or get rid of it. Um, So why don't we start there with a villain? Normally I like to start with the heroes. Normally we like to start in the positive. The score review system is the biggest piece of tight arsery I think I've ever seen. As I said before, this is Costanza flipping to the back of the folder, not wanting to pay for technology that's clearly out there and clearly available. So we either pay up or we piss it off. This is embarrassing now. I think it's the most embar- one of the most embarrassing aspects of the game in a multi-billion dollar game. We're using Atari technology when there's PS5 stuff out there. If you don't want to pay up, if it's too expensive, then just get rid of it and go back to the umpire just deciding, have the goal line, don't even bother with the other stuff. The moment we keep hearing insufficient intent, you just cringe. You just absolutely cringe. Either pay up or piss it off. Uh, that's a villain for me, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 A couple of heroes, though. Surely Cody Waitman gets a hero nomination. Surely. Surely. He's been pilloried, this young guy, think, people thinking that he flops and he, people questioning whether he plays the game in the right spirit, trying to draw free kicks. Well, he kicked all five and he kicked five in the first half. None of them were for, for, for free kicks. But then you'd be excused, I reckon, after dislocating your elbow to maybe call it a day. But he got it strapped up. He went back out. He contributed. He competed. That is a hero nomination. That's one of the toughest things uh, I've seen this season. Um, Port get a hero nomination for keeping their faint finals hopes alive. The way that they've done that. I'll tell you the disappointing part about doing this show is uh, at this time is that I have to look across at the track guys who are now looking in at me talking some kind of dribble and some kind of rubbish. (laughs) So it's very distracting. Very distracting. If only we could use a studio downstairs. Anyway, they have a good time, the boys. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six heroes and villains. Toby Green gets a hero nomination. Um, answer me this: if it, if you, and it can't be a player from your team, it can't be a player from your team. But if you were able to pay your own money, who would you pay to go and see that doesn't play for your team? Who is the most watchable player in the game that doesn't play for your team? Because you take out your your own bias of your own team. I can't I can't imagine that he wouldn't lead all votes. It was Buddy Franklin, and I think even still I'd probably pay to go see Buddy just to be able to see him one last time, depending on how long he's got left in the game. But is there a more watchable player in the game than Toby Green in full flight? Because he does it in every which way he can do it. He can do it in the air, he can do it on the ground, he can do it outside, inside. He's got every string to every bow. So definitely a hero nomination, a career best seven goals for Toby Green and the way in which he, he does it. It's just a joy to behold. 
Todd Marshall, as I said earlier, the way he continues to persevere and the way he triumphs, triumphs um, after early life tragedy that he's experienced. And there's a, you, you put the combined hero nomination with Ken Hinckley to this for persisting with him. Because some people were calling for it to be Georgiatis over Marshall. But Ken Hinckley says no. And Ken Hinckley sticks with him. And Ken Hinckley is proven to be correct. This is what he had to say. How much of another statement is that by Todd Marshall that he's really stepped it up this year? Yeah, some people look silly, don't they? <laughs> Sorry, I've I got to enjoy that moment because I've felt a bit of heat for Todd for a good period of time. So what do you think has happened there? Is it just a matter of time or he's matured or...? It's exactly what it is. He's a young forward who's taken a bit of time to get to where he can be. He's still got a lot to go. He's got so much more growth still. He's still very young. I've said it a number of times and people don't like to listen, but the reality is he's had some challenges early, but he's kept at it and we're stuck with him. Uh, that was Ken Hinckley uh, in the uh, post-game presser, Port Adelaide. Their efficiency going inside 50 it was mind-blowing. So if you, look at, if you look at this stat on the AFL app, and it takes forever because the AFL app, by the way, is, I think, using similar technology to what their goal line technology is. It is the clunkiest. I know it sounds like I'm whinging, and maybe I am. But if you try, if you jump, it might just be my phone. Tell me if you're having the same issues with the AFL app that I am. It's clunky. You scroll down, and it scrolls you straight back up. It, continue, it, it like refreshes itself when you haven't asked it to. It's, it's not an easy manage, the old AFL app. But if you go and have a look at the stat about um, efficiency inside Ford 50, which is a big one of the, the, the stats that we uh, are more and more judging teams on by how effective they are uh, for when they go inside Ford 50. So Port Adelaide went at three-quarter time. We're going at 75% for inside 50 efficiency. Now, the number one team across the season has been St Kilda. They go at 49.3%. Just think about that for a minute. 75%. They were brilliant with the way that they put the ball inside 50. They cut the Swans uh, They cut the swans in half. They cut them apart. They sliced them, they diced them, and they capitalised in a manner that we haven't seen all year. In the end, it drops to 55% at the end of the game, but they'd put the cue in the rack and were just playing defensive in the final term. So a lot of times they went in, they were just sort of kicking high and long and, and just milking clock. So that is a hero nomination because that's good to watch. Uh, and so too were the the, uh, the Dogs and the Giants. Uh, I reckon that is a hero nomination, Dogs, Giants, just for putting on that game. So if you weren't doing anything on a Saturday night and you weren't barracking for either of those two teams then you've been treated. You've been absolutely treated. Uh, and the other hero nomination, the last two go to the 12 teams that are creating the squeeze at the moment. So because of how even this season has been, because of how well teams are managing their lists and developing their players um, and the game plans they're implementing, anybody's beating anybody on any given day. The old Any Given Sunday line, one of the greatest movies ever. On any given Sunday, you can either win or lose, but can you win or lose? But, but that is as true as it's ever been in the game. So we've got 12 teams all with a genuine chance uh, to make finals and, and who will make up the top eight. So it's going to be a compelling finish to the season. It starts this weekend when all top eight teams play another top eight team. Uh, and I want to give the Suns a hero nomination too because that's the best I've ever seen them play. And they are, for the first time ever, you would consider them a danger. They are a legitimately dangerous team. And you don't want to. I don't think you want to play them at the moment with the way that they are playing. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heroes and villains. Matt Rendell to join me as well. We'll do some villains on the other side of this. Listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. 
Uh, James in Bundura, you are 100% right. I've just scrolled down and I realised I had one more hero to mention. Essendon do get a hero nomination. You're 100% right. Essendon get whacked all year and no love when they have a crack. My hero. Yeah, they've Essendon, I don't know where that's been, but I don't want to dwell on the negative. The positive is that they played in a way that we haven't seen them do all year. Normally they've offered about as much resistance as a beaded door, but their defence, their pressure was top-notch against the Saints. They handbraked them in a way that I haven't seen really St Kilda handbrake too often all year, uh, and they finally found their methodology going forward as well. And as I said earlier in the Macca's run, it was the highlight for me was the performance of the young player. So Ben Hobbs was the rising star, uh, which is great to see from him. Uh, 22 disposals, five marks, four inside 50s. He had eight score involvements as well, but it was all the young players and their influence on the game that I thought was the really impressive part, the really exciting part uh, of the win. They kicked a ton for just the third time this year, I think it was. So I don't know how many times they'll be able to repeat that dose, but enjoy it while it's there. And I th- certainly think that was one to enjoy for, for Bombers fans who haven't really had anything to enjoy all season. So Villains, as we know, and, and the score review is a very popular Villain nomination amongst you all. Villain, the score review for the number of unnecessary times it gets used. As long as it's sponsored, there'll be a minimum number of them. That's garbage. Where is the money going? It's certainly not to make the system better. That's from Rod in Seaford. The protected zone ruling currently can get a villain nomination. We understand what it was intended to do, but now because of how the rule's written, you technically have to ping the player, even if they've got no interest and, and no intent to try and disrupt the person with the ball. They're just trying to follow their opposition player, and teams have figured out a way to, to milk a 50 from it, so now the rule has to adjust because it's just unfair it is not in the spirit of the game. It's not right. It has to be addressed. It has to be changed. Two times on the weekend, it had an influence in games, and we just don't want to see that. Um, the Saints, Villa nomination for obvious reasons. They've got a tough run home. The Swans get a Villa nomination as well. Uh, and by the way, I had this little uh, ditty teed up uh, during the week, but I do, I did have this question um, when it comes to uh, for Carlton. I don't know why Carlton ignored every known rule about playing in the wet, but they certainly did. It took them a while to adjust, but they got there. Plus 31 in handballs. Hey, Matt Rendell to join us next. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Well, it's a chance to reflect in a way, Jerry. Mm. And I guess the best thing for me is that, you know, I've spent... All of my broadcasting life, I think, looking forward to the next thing. You, you'd get that. I mean, you, you, you do something, you, you, you know if it's okay, you, you hope it's better than okay, and then you move on quickly. And for me, now it's the Commonwealth Games. They're not too far away. So, But when something like this happens, you, you pause for a moment and you, you look back and you think of all the opportunities you've been given um, and, you know, the privileges and the things you've seen that have made you feel great. And, and then you think about the people you've worked alongside and then those that are behind you. And then you think, obviously, about those that are near and dear and those that have helped you. So it's a chance to reflect in many ways. Um, I'm still at a stage in my life that I'm, you know, keen and ambitious and in a different way, Joe, than I was probably when I started, but ambitious still to do a good job. So... It's a lovely opportunity, I think, to to sit back for a second or two and, and look back at uh, not so much at what you've achieved, but who you've achieved it with. 
Bruce McIvane speaking to Jerry Whiteley earlier today. Welcome back or to Sporting Capital, whichever fits the bill for you. Great to have you on board. It would be remiss of me. It would be disrespectful. It would be downright rude. It would be sacrilegious of me on a night where we do heroes and villains, one 736 not to have uh, arguably the greatest ever sports broadcaster in an overall sense, for those who understand what I mean there, not talking about individual sport, but probably the greatest sports broadcaster uh, for his body of work um, and the breadth of his work and, and the sports that he covered, Bruce McAvaney, uh inducted into the Hall of Fame at the Logies um, last night. Uh, a well-deserved honour, an important honour, a recognition of the role that sport plays in TV. It's probably the most significant part of, uh, of, of free-to-air TV in this day and age, along with the news. And so Bruce McAvaney rightly taking his place in the TV Hall of Fame. So a hero nomination for Bruce McAvaney. It just would have been plain wrong if I didn't have him in my heroes. You can give me yours, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 or uh, that's on the Harcourt's open line. You can text in 0433 uh, Always look forward to early Sunday morning start. Um, and the early time, the early call time to do footy SA is made all the better by the fact that I get to do it with this man, uh, Matty Rendell. Uh, we just get together at 7 o'clock every Sunday morning and he's always uh, willing to answer the phone on a Monday to dissect the round that has been. Matty, hello, mate. G'day, Sammy. How you going, buddy? Uh, look at Brucey. He's a legend, Brucey. I, I can only find one minor flaw in him, Sammy. He, he had a bit too much love for Cyril. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't see that as a flaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, he used to go a bit over the top when, he, when Cyril got near the ball. <laughs> I, I think that oh, I think that was well. what was great about Bruce <clears throat> is that, and everyone's got their view. Um, yeah. I, I think the fact that that his love. For he barracked for the game, he barracked for players, he, he, he barracked for the best yes. for it to be at its best. Yes. And when it was, he reveled in it, and then you did too. Um, I, I just thought that he was just a, a genius uh, as a broadcaster and, and he, so he engaging and inviting. Athletes. Loved his athletes, didn't he? He just yep. he loved them all, all the athletes, yeah. Um, and and the non human ones, he yeah, the horses, horses, yes, well, yeah. But he was, he, you could just, the enthusiasm and the love used to come out in his commentary on anything he did. The, 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 if you've ever heard him tell the story about how he prepared for Kathy Freeman's race at the Olympics, Ooh. he did so from the moment that Atlanta wrapped up in 96. And he, mm-hmm. he, he worked, he knew who the contenders were going to be, who was likely to be in the race. And he talks about yeah. how he, 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 he knew how to time the call and how he wanted the call to unfold. Yeah. And he, and he understood what the eventualities were probably going to be. Mm-hmm. And then how he wanted to capture the moments in the events that either option A, B, C, D, E, F, G came to pass. And it's the, gr- well, I think it's the greatest yeah. piece of commentary that I've ever heard yeah. because it, it captured it so brilliantly. But what I love about Bruce McAvaney is he's still not satisfied with it because there was two words that he got around in his mind the wrong way. So I just love that because it's so it's, it is the soundtrack and a brilliant yeah. soundtrack to one of the greatest moments in Australian sport. Yet his pursuit of perfection never ended. He wasn't satisfied with it. I love that as a commentator, um, yeah, which who pales into significance. Too. Tim Lane do it as well. He was fantastic too. His call was great. I think it was on radio. But um, yeah, I, I would have thought 
if he's prepared for four years, there was some major danger. He was going to over-prepare for that. <laughs> but he got it right on yeah. the night. Hey, uh, Matty, um, we could wax lyrical about Bruce McAvaney all night, but uh, hero yeah. and a villain from you, please, from the weekend in footy. Oh, look, if I have to pick one hero... You can have as many as you Finlayson. want. Oh, I'll give you a few. Um, God, Finlayson played well in the ruck against Adams. Uh, Laddams, sorry. Uh, when uh, Rin Tickle, who was who looked damn good, too early to play in his first game. The yeah. kid they picked out of the WA in the mid-season draft. He looked good before he, I'll clean, try and clean this bloke up. <laughs> he did more damage to himself. And then so Finlayson was thrust in there, and I thought he was fantastic again. Now, he rucked, uh, you know, did a lot of the ruck work against uh, Nankervis the week before, and I thought he was really good on Nankervis. So uh, they might have found one there. Um, you know, he's not he's not 200 centimetres. He'd be 195 tops, I would have thought. But uh, I, I love his craft. He's very he's very clever and uses his body really well. Boundary throwings, ball ups. He's really clever. Maybe that's his trait as a forward. You know, he's learned that trait as a forward, how to mm. use your body. But I thought he was very influential. And then winning the clearances and then breaking square at the contested ball. And when they when Port get to break square stage of contested ball, they usually win the game. So uh, the blokes are wax, wax lyrical about, uh, I think, two weeks ago um, in the forward line for Gold Coast Suns, Rankin, Hansworth, oh. and Roses. Um, geez, they were superb again. God, they're dangerous. I know Roses didn't play. Uh, I Can was, I just uh, jump in COVID. there, Matty? Because the word yeah. you just used there I brought up earlier, would you agree that it's the only time in the Suns' history that I can remember, maybe when they were going on that run, I think it was 2014 when yeah, Ablett was up and yeah. about. But but even then, yeah. it was they, they played a certain style. Have you ever been able yeah. to say the words, the Suns are a dangerous team now? Offensively oh, a dangerous team. Unbelievably dangerous because Charles and Casbolt, you know what you're going to get there. Charles kicks goals in all different ways. Casbolt mm. just competes. He's going to mark two or three. His yep. kicking's not always reliable. Uh, Chol can get the ball on the ground, but they got the three dangerous blokes when Roses comes back in. You've got to have three really good small defenders, and not many have got one. You know, some have got one, but most of them haven't got two. Mm. You need three, and Jeffrey's the wild card. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have such a great day on the weekend, but, you know, he, he played had moments. Four marks of ball. Yeah, so, um, you know, they got Benny King coming back in next year, you know, probably if you look at it right here, right now, but. Um, probably Casbolt's the one who misses out there, but by how dangerous is that forward line going to look next year with a fit Benny King up and running? Mm. It's dangerous now. But he's probably got um, himself, I don't know, I can't remember what Casbolt signed mm. in terms of a contract, but if it was a one-yearer, no. maybe it was a two-yearer, mm. I reckon he's got himself another year from the way he's performed this year oh, because they'll need insurance. Yeah. No, he definitely got an, he's definitely got another year. That's for, that's for sure and certain. No, no, that's, worked, that's worked really well. Uh, their midfield, you know, the, oh, the, they're going to miss Powell. Geez, that was a bad injury, yeah. Powell, wasn't it? Oh, heartbreaking. Uh, and, he's, and he's been so good, Powell. Even Dermot was squeamish, um, from what I'm hearing in the in the TV call. Yeah, I called the game and we were shattered for him, but um, you hate to see My that. My cousin did the same thing, uh, training for Australia in basketball. Ben Nadjett, um, he, someone trod on his foot. It, exactly the same thing. It went sideways, mm. his ankle. Uh, he broke his ankle and did his ligaments, but he came back and played, so he's good. So Powell will come back, he's young enough. Um, and he's a good player. One of the great picks um, by uh, the Gold Coast, Scotty Clayton of the Gold Coast Suns, picked him at 19. Um, 
out of the blue. So, um, yeah, well, he's second, yeah, second in their best and fairest sorry. last year. Will Power. Yeah. Oh, was he second? Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, are you so impressed, Matty? Really good list. Are you impressed mm. when it comes to Rankin and Ainsworth? So Rankin, whether or not it's it's the feedback externally, um, or this is something they've identified a long time ago internally. But now he realises that there's a joy to be had from not just kicking the goal yourself, but for maybe creating the pressure, or causing the pressure to create one, or now feeding yeah. your teammates. But the goal is his, he's last six weeks, he's averaging seven and a half score involvements, I think, a, a game. He's, um, yep. He and Ainsworth are one-two in their goal assist and in their score involvement. So he's finding the joy and he's cutting teams up, not just doing it himself, and he is kicking goals himself, but he's providing the service. Now he's he's playing um, the point guard, who does score. He's, yeah, he's Steph Currying. He's scoring himself, but he's dishing out plenty <laughs> of assists too. Uh, less yeah, yeah less um, flashy, less flashy stuff, and more consistent uh, football, and uh, work rates step right up. Look, I think there was, <clears throat> I heard there was um, family issues in that last year, and you know he struggled with it. So, <clears throat> but he certainly put his head down. Um, good time to put your head down when you're out of contract, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, without bringing without bringing up players. without bringing up the front page story of the round, not everybody shares that same view. It would seem. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. So, um, look, um, oh, they're going to be, you know, you, you you know, you played when you play them. Port Port have got them this week. Uh, at Hutport in Adelaide. So, so two weeks uh, ago, yeah, well, maybe not two weeks ago, but a couple of weeks ago, that game is, oh, yeah, Port and the Giants. Yeah. Now, that that's a must-watch. <clears throat> and and that's my other um, hero is this week. This week's game, Melbourne Lions, mm. Bulldogs Hawks will be a cracker, Carlton Frio, Geelong Richmond, Swan Saints, Port Gold Coast Suns, and uh, Collingwood and GWS is vital for Collingwood in particular. Yeah. <clears throat> so a great round of footy. But but uh, but even uh, Matty, but, mm. yeah, but even North Melbourne and Adelaide, Matty, that is going <clears> to <throat> be that'll be viewed just as intently as all because this is a winnable game for North Melbourne. Yes. And it's and it's no. one that Matty Nicks can't be they can't be dropping this one in in their stage of their redevelopment at Adelaide. So that's, that's going right. to be and North don't want to lose this by fifty plus. Um, so there will be there will be carnage at the club. Uh, playing at home against the Crows, just in front of them, um, they'll need to put on a good show. Mm. North. The only downer for the weekend I can come up with, and you know I love my footy. St Kilda, oh, work that one out. I was hoping uh, you could, Matty. You, that's why I've got you here. No, that's why we're eagerly God. anticipating with bated breath. Oh. If you've been able to figure out what was that from the Saints, well. I know we, we can talk about the Saints, but by God, Essendon were great. Yeah, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is what, this is what they're capable of. This is what they're capable of. I don't know what's happened to them this year. It's, I thought early in the year when I was watching them, I thought, God, they, look, they don't look fit. They're not, run, they're not running. They're not on top of the ground. You know, you can, you can, I can see it to you know, my trained eye over 40 years. I can tell it when a team's fit. And there was two teams I don't reckon were, who were as fit as they should have been, which was GWS and Essendon. They both looked like they were struggling physically uh, in their running department. Um, but, gee, they ran hard on the weekend. When, when they get up and running, I think, I'm trying to think that Hawthorne game, that's what it was, and that 
one and a half quarters here. When, when they get their confidence up and get up and going, it's hard to stop. Uh, it is a tsunami. It's not the orange one, but it's the red and black one when they get up and going. And I was glad that Shield was uh, really good in that too because he's got plenty of flack this year. But Saints, I don't know what to make of that at all. That's um, that's a... You know, they were really good against Brisbane the week before and copped those injuries. I don't know if they just thought they were going to roll into this one, but you can't roll into any game in AFL. No, you can't. Uh, there's a question off the text here, Matty, um, from AG, yeah. wondering how someone who kicks the ball and looks as comfortable at the level as Massimo D'Ambrosio doesn't get picked yeah. up in the national draw. How does he slip through? Well, well, I haven't spoken to anyone about him yet. I could only assume that he must have been injured most of the year last year. Because he looked like he played his, he's played 100 games. <laughs> um, I was half expecting him to see him pointing players into positions at one point because he looked so comfortable <laughs> at the level. I thought he was going to start hodging out there. You here? Why don't you go uh, over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was amazing. And, and I look, I, I haven't spoke to any of my recruiting mates to find out what the, what the hell happened to him last mm. year. I didn't see any of it. Uh, and he wasn't in the champs. Uh, I'm pretty sure he wasn't in any of the champs teams. I could only assume he's probably injured or there were some other issues and that he didn't play much, so they probably didn't get a handle on it. But, um, you know, some of those players that, you know, played two or three games and look all right, they get them in to that pre-season. What's it called? The SSP or something. You can take them before the end of February, but no one even did that uh, with with him. So, um, oh, look, uh, another... He's, he's much maligned. Dodoro at Essendon, but God, he's picked some good players, and I think you just got to be a bit patient with them. Um, obviously, Zach Reed, big, um, long striding key back in the Harris Andrews mould. Um, you know, missed his first year, so uh, be a bit patient with. Uh, you know, Perkins hasn't been great this year, and and Cox has. He been was great on Friday night, though. Year. I thought Perkins was great yes. on Friday night because yeah. he got time yeah. in the middle, Matty. Yes. Ben Rutten finally, yeah. through it's through helped. necessity, not yeah. not design, finally mm. went with a with the younger guys in the middle and gave them some um, some me time in the middle and didn't and it pay Col- dividends? Yeah, Colville's going to be a play for them too. Yep. And, you know they've missed Langford all year. They've had a lot of players out. I know they said that. I heard, heard the I think the CEO saying they've been basically the second youngest team all year. You know the Crows have been the youngest, um, so. You know, and they're both down on the same level there. You know, you need your experienced players playing week in, week out. And, you know, they've missed Stringer and, and Tipper retiring really hurt him too because he, he caused all sorts of havoc yep. in the forward line. Hooker was one of their um, top five and, goal scorers last year as well. And, and the other one was James Stewart. They missed their key back. Yeah. Well, he, you know, played all year as a key back and did a ripping job. And he finally come back in. Uh, did he play on the... Oh, he, he came back in. So, uh, you know, Stringer back. Get a few senior players back. Uh, they did a ripping job without Parish. Yeah. But, uh, Matty, you've got to let you go. But I like this one uh, yep. off the text. Um, I don't know what's worse, having a hangover on Sunday mornings or watching your two melons on Footy SA. That's from Mario Maslin Beach, directed to you and I. So I thought, I, I thought I'd leave you with that one. <laughs> well, Mario, Mario sends a text. I do a little gig with the... Uh, uh, Kimbo and Rucci nice. on Wednesdays at about uh, 5 o'clock our time. Uh, I do about 15 minutes with them, and there's always a text at the end of, the, end of my little spiel from Mario at Maslin's Beach. 
Which, I don't know if you know that, Sammy. Mazzler's Beach was the first nudist beach in Australia. Is that right? There you go. Let's well, find uh, out if Mario's a regular point. frequenter of uh, said beach. <laughs> hey, Matty, I'll speak to you next week. All right, thanks, Abby. See you, mate. Uh, Matt Rendell, always very generous with his time, giving us his heroes and his villains out of the weekend in footy, uh, what he liked and, and what he didn't like. Uh, one First serve back at 8pm. So a couple little things to tick off uh, before we finish up. We'll do that next on the Sporting Capital. You're listening to The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. So it's come down to one final putt. Zalatoris for birdie to send it to that playoff. And Matthew Fitzpatrick is a champion again at the country club. In Brookline, Matthew Fitzpatrick has his first win on the PGA Tour, and it's a major title. No words. Um, it's what you grow up dreaming of. It's it's something I've worked so hard for for such a long time. And, um, you know, there was a big monkey on my back trying to win over here, and everyone, all they ever talked about was that. And, um, you know, to do it as a, as a major for my first win, there's, uh, there's nothing better. Uh, so congratulations to Matthew Fitzpatrick. Wins his first PGA event. It just happens to be the US Open. The 9-9 out of the bunker on 18 will live on in golfing folklore. One of the greatest shots to determine, help determine a major win. Um, clutch as it gets was phenomenal. Will Zalatoris will win a major. Just in the last couple of years, he's been second in the 2021 Masters. He tied for sixth this year. In the PGA Championship, eighth in 2021, second this year. U.S. Open 2020, he was tied for sixth. Cut last year, but tied for second um, in this U.S. Open as well. Uh, the best of the Aussies, tied for 14th, were Adam Scott and Mark Leishman. Uh, Minwoo Lee had a tough day on the final day. He was inside the top 20, but uh, was tied for 27th. Um, and the other Aussie was Todd Sinnott, who was tied for 31st. Um, our other Aussies who, were, uh, who started the tournament didn't make the cut in uh, Cam Smith and uh, Lucas Herbert. Um, the other big story of the day um, is re- regards to FINA's decision to ban trans women for competing um, at the top-level swimming events, uh, including the Olympics, uh, wanting to keep uh, men's and women's categories and set up an open category as well. Dave Colbert spoke to uh, Andy Ngazi earlier on today uh, and explained the FINA decision from his viewpoint. It's an important decision um it's divisive and not everyone agrees and i'm probably sitting with with kate campbell that you understand you know from an athletics perspective we've seen you know the the athletes who they describe as intersex so indeterminate sex cast of cement is the um the most high profile one of those and it's it's difficult we've got a significant advantage um it means that the the female category is not the binary category that you know, we've all um, grown up with, and it means that female athletes um, using that description are at a disadvantage. So what FINA have decided is that there should be an open category, um, which is for those athletes that don't meet, you know, the traditional description of what is a a female or what is a male. And, um, you know, there'll be plenty of people in, um, in the world of sport that won't be happy with that. So that was Dave Cole, but it's a very complex issue and there's a lot of nuance to it and we come from it with a place of empathy and respect for, for all sides of the conversation. It is sport having 
a debate between what is one of the cornerstones of sport and inclusiveness, but also is it fair as well? And that is uh, at the heart of the issue. The IOC have had rules in place since 2004 regarding testosterone levels. Um, that hasn't created an issue that we've seen yet. So is this decision from FINA ahead of what's necessary? Is there a glut of trans athletes banging down the door and dominating sport in a manner that necessitates change? Uh, or is this ahead of time? Um, so it's a, it is a complex debate and one that we've run out of time to have tonight. But the swimming world a little bit divided. Matty Groves not happy with the decision, but Emily Seabom, Kate Campbell, supportive of it. So a fair bit to play out in that space as well. Hey, thanks for all your calls and all your texts. Uh, BP's up next with the first serve. Speak to you tomorrow night. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.